general, I love to ask myself just how, how do you feel? Honestly, the trail feels like very, very far away right now. Welcome back to Trail Correspondence presented by The Trek. I'm your host, Zach Badger Davis. Today marks the final episode of our third season. At the beginning of this year, before embarking on their Sobo through hikes, I asked our correspondents to interview themselves, specifically their future selves. We wanted a way to demonstrate the metamorphosis a hiker goes through during their journey, or perhaps a lack thereof. This was our listeners' favorite episode last year, and I have no doubt that the response will be the same this time around. Here it is. Hey there, this is M8 recording from home, just uh, shy of a week from Go Day. <laughs> oh my goodness, we have been preparing, preparing, preparing. But first of all, to my future self, I have a few questions for you. You've walked all this way with your two daughters. Brittany, who is 32, and Eden Rose, who is 14. And sometimes walking with someone for six months straight (laughs) can have some challenges. Did you find that there was challenges in those relationships? And how did you deal with those? And how have your relationships changed over the course of the past six months? Yes, there were definitely challenges with a group of women. I don't know if you recall, but we had um, our group was called Fab Five and then one more person joined our group. And it it initially was just going to be my friend Christelle and I hiking She's about 10 years younger than myself. So we're both, you know, older hikers. And then my daughter, um, Be Positive, joined us, which is awesome. And my other daughter, um, Eden, joined us, who's a teenager. And then my daughter's friend joined us, uh, or my friend's, her friend's sister, and then her friend joined us. And it ended up being a lot of young girls and there was there was a lot of group dynamic issues, I must admit. And they were very disruptive to the group and made it very hard. Um, I'm really happy to be hiking by myself going northbound this year. I'll be doing a little bit of it with my daughter and then some with family in Washington later. Um, yeah. Hmm. I'm sorry. I just don't even know really what to say. Um, it was hard. So that's just the, the bottom line to it. At times I wanted to get off a trail so bad because the pain of some of those relationships were, were just really hard. So one of your big goals was to hike healthy and you put a lot of time and energy preparing 30 resupply boxes with Lots and lots of deliciously made dehydrated meals. Were there any downsides to doing so? I know a lot of people think you get tired of the food or you don't get to the post office on time and then you have to wait days to get your box. Did you see any of those downsides or any other downsides? It was totally worth it 
for me to send my packages. I really um, loved having good food and I did spend a lot of time dehydrating food that could be rehydrated on the trail in Ziploc bags, just adding hot water. And they were really good. I, d- I had a lot of variety and um, carried olive oil that I poured into my bag of food to increase the calories. And it was it just turned out really well for me. Um, I wouldn't do it any differently. And I'm not going to, I'm going to do the same thing this go around um, on trail. I didn't have any problems. I didn't send packages to post offices. So I didn't have to spend extra days in town or anything like that. So it actually worked out really good. I, um, yeah. So personally, you have a competitive spirit, but you are 59 at the end of the trail, actually almost 59 and a half. (laughs) And with that comes some physical limitations. Did you ever feel sidelined by others because you're older and because of those limitations that you have. And how did you deal with that? Did I ever feel sidelined due to my age? I don't know. I I guess I did not probably feel sidelined by other hikers for the most part, but definitely being 59 on trail, hiking with a bunch of young girls (laughs) for the most part, besides um, Christelle is an older woman as well, but, um, yeah, I definitely felt slower, like it was harder for me. And yeah. So if anybody sidelined me, it was probably myself. I sidelined myself. I know that you don't particularly like to be slower than others or to be more tired than others dropping dead in your tent when you get to camp when others still have energy or just feeling less than, did you come to a place of being okay with those limitations? Well, I don't know that I ever did become okay with my limitations. I'm such a competitive person and I want to stay healthy and strong for as long as possible, but it's obvious that I'm not in my twenties. So yeah, it was hard for me. Um, But I also came to realize that I'm not your typical through hiker in that I do enjoy taking my time on the trail. I do enjoy getting up in the morning and having a cup of coffee and not racing out on the trail. Um, and I felt like that's a lot of the culture. Um, at least in our trail family, it was people started getting up earlier and earlier to be the first ones out on the trail. And my teenage daughter just refused to do that. Um, she was very tough to get out of her bag in the mornings. And I waited for her and encouraged her and whatnot. And some of the other trail family did as well. But I also really wasn't in that big of a hurry. If I got out by seven or eight, which is still early, but um, I was totally fine with that. <laughs> And I realized that is that is my hiking style is to go a little bit slower, to stop at the creek crossings to and just enjoy, soak feet, um, talk to other hikers, to stop at the mountaintops and really enjoy and not to worry about being the first in camp. So um, in my upcoming 
make up mile through hike. <laughs> I plan to take it the speed I want to and go the speed I want to. And, and I'm not doing as big a miles. I'm doing lower miles because I've already done over half the trail. So I don't have to have the push like other people do. So I don't know. That kind of answers that question, I suppose. <laughs> lastly, I'm wondering spiritually, you have a relationship with God that's really important to you. How did you see that change and did you experience growth in that area? Well, I really had to lean into God on this one because of all the troubles that we had and just the, um, it just wasn't the dream that I had for the trail. And I think realizing that our, we have one vision of what it's going to be and it's probably not going to be that. And so holding that really loosely because my struggles were highly relational, it, um, it brought on some emotional um, aspect that made it tricky. And I really, really had to lean into God for my acceptance and my feeling that I'm okay. So I look forward to going out on the trail again in just a few weeks and um, starting out with my teenage daughter, Eden, and then after a couple of weeks going solo for a little bit and finishing up the desert portion and we'll see what hiking solo has for me. So I will, I did enjoy hiking with my daughters and I do look forward to hiking later on in July with my family in Washington to complete those miles. And um, I just want to say thank you for following us. We did have a good time on the trail and saw some amusing beauty and I'm so glad that I did it. And I learned so much from it. So anyway, thank you for following M8. Signing off. Hi, everyone. This is Moss. I'm about a little less than a month before I leave for the trail. And um, for this episode, we're kind of looking into the future, um, leaving ourselves almost like a little time capsule. Um, so a couple questions I have for myself for future Moss is, did you find what you were looking for? I don't think I'm ever going to find what I'm looking for. I think that as bad or as good as this is, I don't think I will ever learn to be complacent. I think I'm always trying to reach the next goal and find the next challenge and things like that. But I think I did find some, um, camaraderie and some place on the trail for a while, which was really great while it lasted. Um, yeah, I think the biggest thing was that I just, you know, I found a way to like unwind and go back to that lifestyle for a little bit, which I really appreciated. Um, I'm curious to see if my whys kind of stay the same. Kind of the reason why I went out there was to unwind and reconfigure my mindset or realign my um, brain almost. Additionally, I want to restore my faith in humanity a little bit um, and just like keep living life to the fullest. I do really think that I accomplished all those things. Um, I spent a lot of time out there <clears throat> working on thinking about what I wanted my art business to look like and how I wanted to reprioritize my life. And I do think that when I came back, I've really been working towards um, 
becoming self-employed, which has been a really great feeling. And I feel like I was able to unpack a lot of that while I was on the trail. Additionally, as always, um, people on the trail are amazing. So my faith in humanity was definitely restored. I met so many amazing people out there and um, I was able to rest for a little bit, which I really enjoyed. Uh, This is kind of cheesy, but I guess future Moss, no matter what you do, uh, whether you make it to the end or not, I just want to say I'm so proud of you for always... um, Yeah, for always being a go-getter and doing things that make you happy. And um, yeah, I'm proud of you for always trying to reach your dreams. I don't know. It was just like a really nice thing to hear from myself (laughs) into the future. Um, Because I think sometimes we forget to look back and like see how far we've come. Even though I wasn't able to accomplish the Pacific Crest Trail in its entirety, And uh, who knows, maybe if I had stayed on, that still would have been the same outcome. I'm just really proud of myself for going out there and trying. And this definitely isn't the end of the Pacific Crest Trail for me. I definitely have my eyes on going out there again. But I think the biggest thing is, is that the trail teaches us to reach for higher branches and higher branches until um, eventually you're at the top of the trees and you can see all around you. But You know, I don't ever know if we really do get to the top of the tree. So right now I've just been kind of enjoying my time indoors. It's very cold in Massachusetts. So um, I haven't been able to prioritize going outside that much or I haven't been wanting to prioritize going outside that much. And yeah, I've just been really working on some more personal goals right now and definitely looking forward to spending some time outside this summer and heading out to the trail potentially in 2023. Hopefully uh, things will be more open. So thank you so much for listening in. And this is Moss signing off. Dear Rooster, this is Henry, the ghost of your domesticated past. Now the questions. Did you make the best decisions? Certainly there are a lot to make. Um, I think I made all the best decisions I possibly could. Um, One thing that I mentioned in my advice was uh, staying adaptable. And I think that adaptability is uh, now a strong suit. And on some of these trails, especially for us on the AT and the PCT, you know, you felt like you didn't have too many options when it came to being able to adapt your plans. You know, you wanted to to stay the course. The CDT, you know, we ended up, as I've uh, said in previous episodes, running into fires closing down the border of Idaho and, and were able to kind of pivot and move on to the big sky alternate. And that ended up being a wonderful trip all on its own and really, really made the the whole adventure feel like that. Uh, did you stay cool in the most challenging situations that we were faced with? Uh, did I keep my cool? Yeah, cool as a cucumber. Fortunately on this trip, I never really had any situations where uh, the shit hit the fan, so. You know, maybe the coolest I had to stay was uh, when Chuck Wildlife and I had to uh, 
had to uh, scare off a, a bull moose that was blocking the trail and had uh, charged at wildlife. Uh, that was a little bit scary, but I think we we made the best decision we could. You know, we were uh, bottlenecked. We had nowhere we, where we could go aside from uh, forward, and that worked out well. Um, how has your relationship uh, held up? Chuck and I are, are rock solid, and... You know, it's funny when I added that question, I, I was sitting at our kitchen table kind of taking some notes before this first interview. And uh, and she actually I had been thinking it, but she mentioned it, too. And, you know, uh, it's just you don't know how something's going to be until you're out doing it. But uh, but her and I are just really good hiking partners and uh you know the extra time together was nothing but a joy um so you know it was it was a little bit different we we did we did hike separately you know when we felt like it but you know in grizzly bear country and when we're out finding we stick together and had a blast did you keep a journal or in other words, did you keep that promise to yourself that this time you would actually keep a journal? I kept a journal the whole time. I did it. Pat on the back. I'm actually keeping a uh, a much more thorough journal now out here on the Florida Trail. So it was it was kind of a nice warm up and something I want to get into a lot more of a habit to uh, while backpacking, even on short trips is just uh, keeping thoughts. I think it's nice to have to look back on. And uh, finally, let's hear the poop stories. What can I say? I don't have anything for my very last question, which was a poop story. Uh, I'm a, uh, I'm good at pooping in the woods. Nothing happens. I will, I will tell you uh, my Dear companion had a uh, incident digging into an ant pile. Uh, I'll leave that one up to the imagination. But uh, I gotta say, recording these podcasts were a lot of fun, um, and they've—I haven't gone back and listened to any of them yet. But after listening to that first one, I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm gonna go relive a little bit of my journey. Um, but that's the last podcast so uh trail correspondence uh good job on on a on a crazy year and uh for the last time rooster out this is catman do and uh these questions are for the future me and they're going to relate to the PCT, that is the trail I'll be hiking, starting in July. So what will the, the coolest thing on the trail be that I'll learn? I learned a lot of cool things, I always do. Uh, I learn something new every day. Uh, my desire to hike the PCT is for the epic views. What's going to captivate me the most? Is it going to be you know, the Cascades? Is it going to be the Sierra Nevadas? San Juancitos? Is the desert? going to really be my jam. After hiking the AT, um, of course, the Whites were my absolute penultimate favorite. And then the 100-mile wilderness was an area I really liked. And I liked it because of the remoteness uh, of it. And um, 
just the fact that you had to go 100 miles to get to, you know, either the end from the start. And I just like that that kind of challenge. Uh, and I realized my analogy is the PCT is just a series of 100 mile hikes. Yeah, some days they're not quite 100. It might be, you know, 76 or 96. Or sometimes it might be 111 or 112. But really, if you average it out, it's basically 100 mile sections and it's remote and it's rugged and the thing I learned is I'm really comfortable with these remote areas. I really love them, um, which I kind of learned just just prior to the PCT. I f- finished up the long trail. Um, I hiked from Canada down to Richmond, Vermont, and uh, I encountered one hiker in that entire distance and finished bagging all my 4,000-foot peaks, and I had Mount Mansfield entirely to myself. I really, really found out that I'm real comfortable and I really enjoy uh, the remoteness. And um, also prior to and right after the PCT, I did a little section of the Benton McKayan, and I finished it um, this fall, and the same deal there, uh, 11 people in like 300 miles, so very remote, um, and I really found out that, you know, I like the socialization, but I also enjoy the solitude, so that it was all good. What's going to be my best trail experience? Hands down for me, it was Goat Rock section. Um, there were many, many awesome experiences on the PCT, but Goat Rocks really stands out. Um, it's the, you know, one of the neatest areas in the Northern Cascades. It just blew me away. Um, from Knife's Edge Trail, where it sounds like you're walking on dinner plates, to Old Snowy Mountain, um, you know, climbing that, getting to the top where barely two people can stand on the pinnacle, and just taking in the whole Goat Rocks wilderness. And then, of course, continuing on the high route, and then the very last exit coming out of Goat Rocks. Um, was a really beautiful snowfield that I said I have to glissade down because I just have to do it. I've been dreaming of doing it, and it just looked to be the best place. And fortunately for me, I did because it would have been my last opportunity to glissade down an entire snowfield. So that was a lot of fun. Will I be as strong on the PCT as the AT? And can I crush that 40 or 50 mile day? That's kind of a goal that I want to do. So when I hiked the AT, I did a true hike of that. I was 55. And um, I just turned 58 last year, and I I still train hard uh, pre-trail. And, you know, having done a shakedown hike on the long trail in the Benton Mackay, I was pretty much ready for it. Um, So, you know, will I still be as strong? Well, on day three, I hiked a little bit over a marathon, felt great, Um, continued to ratchet up my mileage, uh, met with a lot of... um, a lot of groups, hiking groups, and a lot of people said, you won't pull a 30 in Washington because it's just too physically demanding. The North Cascades are steep. They're difficult. Um, so my goal was to surpass my 32-mile day on the AT. So um, I ended up with 34 and a half miles, and I ended up doing that a handful of times, so going over 30 miles. So I felt really strong. Um, and, uh, you know, it was... It was just awesome to be able to do that. When I got to Oregon, my goal, my goals changed for mileage, and I really wanted to surpass a 40-mile day. And I did it uh, one day, um, and 
I did 42 and a half miles and I did it, uh, I, I averaged about three and a half miles per hour and that was with an elevational gain and loss of 10,000 feet. So it was a legit day um, and it was just awesome. Um, and it did make me feel uh, invincible. How will the PCT culture differ from the AT? I know the AT is very social and you know, I had a great family. I ended up having seven members. We finished strong. We still communicate today. A couple years later, um, we hike together. Um, we communicate a lot. Will I have the same kind of experience on the PCT? Um, AT, I had a just an amazing family. I, I met up um, first day with a guy. I ended up hiking kind of concurrently with him, not on not on purpose. For five days, we headed off and we said, hey, let's just do it together. And then we gradually picked up people on the Smokies and ended up with uh, the sum total of seven by the time we hit the peak of Mount Greylock. So I had that great travel experience. I had that great social experience. I really enjoyed it. I value uh, all the people. I'm in touch still years later with everybody on a weekly basis that I hiked the AT with. Um, so I really valued that socialization. Um, Pretty much right off the bat, a guy I started with, I invited him to hike with me. He was um, very little experience. And I said, you know, I'm going to do what my body allows me to. And if you want to join along, you're totally fine. Um, conversely, there was another guy who invited me to join him, but he was busting 30s right out from the start. He was a triple crowner and he's doing a PCT for the third time. And I said, hey, I appreciate it, but I'm, I'm not going to do that. Um, but this guy, Num Num, who is a Korean Canadian, uh, he, stayed right with me almost all the way to California. And so did Guinness, another uh, fine young man from Oregon. And uh, he hiked with me all the way till we got off trail. Um, and uh, so, you know, so I ended up with, uh, and at one point we had another guy too, um, Free For All, who joined us in um, probably like mid-Washington. And he hiked all the way to just about California with us too. So great fellows. It was a great group. I had a lot of cohesion there a lot of you know we really got along well um and so that was that was definitely different and the other thing was you know i was in every group i've hiked in i've been the oldest guy um but for my group of the pct i was you know I'll say I'm self-proclaimed the strongest hiker. And, and often um, Num Num would say to me, why are you, you know, why are you waiting for us? Or, you know, why, you could just blow us away. And I'm like, you guys are actually creating a pace for me because I don't want to overdo it. Um, you know, because if the sun's shining, I'll keep on hiking. Um, so it was it was good. And it, it kind of slowed me down um, in a good way. So I, I really enjoyed that. And I enjoyed my time with those with that crew that really really super guys. How many mountain goats am I going to see? I saw 35 mountain goats. I had a mountain goat literally 30 yards in front of me. Perfect Kodak moment, but I had a hiker named Dave Lincoln right in front of me and I couldn't take a picture. Um, and uh, the mountain goat just kind of went right up a cliff, but it was just so cool. And then the day that I did my 42 and a half miles, um, just as it, as it uh, broke dawn. Uh, I saw a wolverine go uh, up the trail from me, and you know it was just so awesome. I had never seen a wolverine before. I'd seen their tracks in southeast Alaska, but I've never seen a wolverine in person. So that was pretty spectacular. And I remember telling a ranger um, that I saw one because they tell you if you know you see wolverines or wolves to let them know, and so or mountain lions too. And uh, I said, oh yeah, I saw a wolverine. I I gave him the mileage, and he's just like, yeah, okay, okay. 
And um, I'm figured, you know, he's just yesing me to death. He doesn't believe me. Um, so, you know, I studied a fair amount of zoology. So I said to him, Gula Gula. And he's like, where was that again? And because that's the, you know, the zoological nomenclature for a wolverine. So he knew, I knew what I was talking about and what I actually had seen. So he did take notes and hopefully pass them along. But, uh, you know, that was really awesome. The other thing that I was excited to see, and again, it, it, it happened not on purpose, was the California Coastal Trail gave me the opportunity to see the coastal redwoods, and they are giants among giants. Um, some of them 380 to 400 feet tall, much taller than the interior um, sequoias. So it was just amazing. And actually, one, you could walk through this trail, went right through one. So that was really awesome. Um, so that wasn't part of the plan, but you know, sometimes the best part of the plan is calling an audible and just, you know, improvising. Um, summing up my overall hike, uh, it was everything I dreamed it was and then more, you know. Um, but I'm not done. You know, I'm hitting the PCT uh, first week of April. Uh, I'm going to finish my through hike as, as a no-bo. Um, I'm going to, uh, you know, get done what I plan to do last year, you know, but the fires changed it and closures changed it. And when it happened, it was really upsetting. And uh, I came home and felt kind of, you know, unfinished business was at hand. So I did, did the Benton Mackay to just kind of, you know, satiate that desire to my wanderlust. So that helped me. But I think all in all, I'm really glad the trail provides that I didn't understand what was happening when it happened. Still don't. But I do understand that if I finished on, went to Mexico, I'd be disappointed missing 577 miles in NorCal. So this gives me the opportunity to do the entire state of California. And then I can say, yeah, I did the entire PCT. Cause, and not that I care what other people do, but for me, I have to trace every mile and or at least adjacent miles like the California Coast Trail did. So that helped me, um, you know, add a bunch of miles on for sure. But, you know, this way I'll feel complete. So I'm really excited for the PCT. And I'll no sooner get done with that. And I'll be making plans next year for the CDT because um, you never hear of a double crowner. So that that's my goal. Um and, you know, I'm sure a lot of people have goals this year. A lot of people started the ET. And if your goal is one day, one week, one section or a through hike, you know, good for you. Um, happy trails and get out there and do it. That's the most important thing. Even if it's a little bit, just get out and enjoy. I hope you enjoyed my journey. I certainly did. Hey, everyone, this is Link checking in, talking about what questions I want to ask about asking my future self. And in general, I love to ask myself just how how do you feel? Honestly, the trail feels like very, very far away right now. I work in an office. I live in a house. I have a bathroom. I sleep in a bed every night. Just even though I ended just over three months ago, it feels like it was way longer than that. Um, but in general, I've, I've kept checking in with this, with this saying that keeps coming to my head that I feel like I just walked it off. Whatever I meant, whatever that means, whatever that feels like for me, I just walked it off. Whether it was like the stress of the past parts of my life or the 
the memories that I, that I hold on to that are embarrassing or I find really like repulsive of myself, uh, moments that I'm not proud of. I feel like I really just walked it off. And that's kind of how I describe how I feel to people when they ask. Uh, how did I physically and mentally manage? Did my body fare well or did it not? Honestly, it did really well. And I think that's something that the the journey on the Appalachian Trail and the Continental Divide Trail in a year taught me is that to be successful in one of these long journeys, it's it's really all about caring for yourself and looking out for like what your body and your mind needs and I think I try to carry that with me out of out of the trail context and into this day to day, quote unquote, normal style life that I'm living now. How did your mindset go? Were you in it the whole time or were you out of it a lot of the time? I really feel like I stayed in it the whole time. I really wondered if I would ever waver um, and want to quit. I think there were days where it was hard, like there always are. But I felt like I woke up every day with just a purpose and a drive. And I think what kept me going was that the, the goals were very tangible, very in front of me, very attainable. Um, I just always woke up knowing what I was doing. And that's great. And I always knew kind of what to expect in the day, even though I didn't know who I was going to meet or what the weather was going to be like. I always knew what I had control over. And that's not really the case right now. I have some idea of what's going to happen each day and anything can happen um, on the trail and in, and not on the trail, but it seems a little bit more complicated. What were the hardest parts? What are those things that you say, wow, I can't believe that I did that? You know, the hardest part probably of both of the trails, the Appalachian Trail and the Continental Divide Trail can kind of touch back in with the section on the CDT where my partner decided to get off the trail. And it was it was just a hard moment. A lot of tears were shared between us and a lot of processing if this was the best idea for her to get off the trail for this job opportunity that she was given. And that just stands out as one of these moments where we started this thing together and this recognition that like, we're not going to end this together and we're not going to finish this thing together that we started. I think that honestly was one of the hardest parts. And I think specifically on the continental divide trail, the state of Colorado was extremely physically challenging and I enjoyed that. Uh, And I also was walking through it in like kind of the shoulder season. So I was getting a lot of snow. It was really cold. The passes were big and they were long and there was a lot of them. Um, So that was like a very hard part. And also what were the most memorable parts? What are the stories you're going to tell to your family, to your friends when they ask that inevitable question? How was it? And I think on the Appalachian Trail, some of the memorable moments I have are the state of Virginia and just walking into spring And we really just walked right into spring. We watched the trees just bud and bloom and flower right in front of our eyes. And and that was amazing. The state of Maine, kind of the end end of the Appalachian Trail, Maine was just like so rugged and so beautiful and like ended in such a cool way on top of Mount Katahdin. And then also in New Hampshire, my partner and I climbed all 48, 4,000 foot peaks 
while also walking the length of the con of the Appalachian trail through there. And, and that was just, sometimes I think back about that and I'm just like, dang, that was so hard. And also like, what were we thinking? That was just kind of ridiculous. Um, yeah. And then on the continental divide trail, some memorable moments I have are the wind river range, um, the bear tooths kind of right north of Yellowstone, the state of Colorado, just like I said, it was hard and it was memorable and, and just kind of the, the nature of the continental divide, continental divide trail, just being this, like, make up your own experience, uh, having to reroute around like fires in Idaho and just kind of honestly, just making it up all the way and somehow like piecing together all the footsteps, like connecting those footsteps down, down the divide. And that was like really, really memorable. And, you know, finishing alone and experiencing that like anticlimactic end by myself, just me at the monument. It was really memorable. It's something I'll, I'll never forget where it just, this relief moment of like, wow, I did it. Have you, have I decided what is next? What are you going to do now? You did the thing. It's over. What are you going to do? You know, I, I got a job while I was on the trail um, that started like three or four days right after the trail as the program director, a, well, a program director at Outward Bound California running their program down in Joshua Tree, California. So I'm just fully in office mode. You know, I have a computer, dual screens. I have a desk. Um, I go to work every day and I sit at this desk and I look at spreadsheets and I like go to Google meetings and zoom calls and Google chat people. And it's just worlds away from what I was doing. And I'm grateful. I'm grateful to be inside. I'm grateful to have access to a shower. I'm grateful to have access to a bathroom, to have a nice bed to sleep in every night. Curious if my, you know, I have, I have an, a way of romanticizing adventure or romanticizing the through hike. And I'm curious if that same feeling of romantic romanticization is, is there. Do you still romanticize the through hike or the adventure? I really, like I said, I really feel like I walked it off and I still would love to do another long trail and I would love to continue backpacking and supporting through hikers in whatever way that means. And they also feel like I, I've done what I wanted to do. I set out and I put my mind to something that was like two trails in one year. And, and that's what I wanted. And I think I just feel a little bit more at ease. Like I look at myself and I'm like, okay, you, you did something that you dreamed about doing. And, and now you can pursue something else. Now you can put your energy somewhere else and focus a little bit elsewhere in your life. And that doesn't mean I won't, go hiking again. And it doesn't mean I won't do another trail short or long again. Um, it just means I feel a little bit more at ease and not kind of this like desire to like check those boxes of those trails and, and just always be dreaming of the through hike. I think there's, there's other things in my life that I'm excited to focus on. So yeah, I feel just more at peace with who I am and, and what I'm doing. Um, and it's good to be reminded, like I said, for myself to stay focused and be flexible and be ready to change plans because that happened a lot this last year and it's still happening now. Um, yeah, honestly, I can't believe that I did that. And I look back on it and it's just feels like a dream that I did that. 
and it still feels worlds away. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening and thanks for following along on the journey. And I hope you all are doing well. Okay. This is Link signing off. Bye. And that's it for today's show and the third season overall. You may be wondering, will Trail Correspondents be coming back for a fourth season? The answer is, quite truthfully, I'm not sure. If so, it won't be in 2022. We're going to take a breather on this podcast to ensure that when we come back, or I should say, if we come back, we can do it to the caliber that our hikers and listeners deserve. To that point, I'd like to extend a very sincere thank you to our hikers from this third season. The 2021 Sobo season was nothing if not challenging, especially true for our PCT hikers. We are super grateful to have played a part in sharing your story, even if it wasn't the ending you had originally planned for. The hike is the journey, not the destination. We also wanna pass our gratitude along to David Zitney, who served as the editor for this entire season. You can learn more about David through his site, dzaudio.xyz. As always, it's great to get feedback from our listeners about how we can improve and if you'd want an eventual fourth season. To reach us, feel free to send us an email to podcast at thetrek.co. Okay, that's it for today. As always, a very sincere thank you for listening and happy hiking.